The following program is underwritten in part by World's Best Cat Litter. You love your cat, but you don't love the litter box mess. Switch to World's Best Cat Litter and get a cleaner litter box with less hassle and less litter. Find it at Target, Walmart, and in your local grocery and pet stores. The following program is also underwritten in part by Biogen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Well, welcome. Here is the toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405, to reach out to Dr. Debbie or dog father Joey Villani as we begin October. Wow. I don't know. Is, is it just me? I'm getting older. It just seems like we just yeah. went to the pumpkin patch a few months ago. I know. I can't believe it's been a year already. I know. Where did the time go? I know. Well, Robert Semro today, he's going to talk about five October pet holidays. Five holidays that are pet holidays in October. I can't imagine because most, I guess Halloween, you know, you can dress up the dogs. Some of them like that. Ladybug likes that. You get Ladybug all gussied up every year, don't you? Yeah, my cat likes it, too. Of course, then it freaks out some animals, too. And on the show, it looks like you've booked somebody who makes a wine for cats and dogs, or just, just cats. Just, this is for cats, yes. Just sort of a cat-centric show today we have. You know, we but we do a lot of dogs, so I thought it was only fair that we bring in some cat stuff today. I believe Lori reported about this a couple of weeks ago, the makers of the wines Moscato and Pinot Meow. <laughs> and Yes. <laughs> so I guess we're going to have them on today. Yeah. Well, very excited I want to learn about more that. about it. Okay. Joey, what are you working on over there? If your dog has ever got sprayed by a skunk, well, you're going to want to hear what I have to say. I bet you it has something to do with tomato juice because I hear that's what you use when, when you when, get, a, yeah, when your you animals get, get, get sprayed. Smell. I mm-hmm. could have had a V8. Yeah. Well, we'll <laughs> see if that's true or not on the way. Also, uh, what are you working on over there in the newsroom, Lori? Well, I want you guys to stick around because I'm going to ask you to think about something, okay? Okay. There's a new study that was just done on dog and cat dementia, and apparently it is on the rise big time. So I want to know what everybody thinks is the cause of this increase in dog and cat dementia. Okay, think about that. You too, looking down at your radio. Yeah, I'm talking to you. What do you think causes Mm -hmm. cat dementia? We'll find and out. And dog dementia. And dog dementia. We'll find out with Lori Brooks. I have dementia. I'm sorry. We'll you find forgot. out. With, yeah. yeah, I did. Let's go to the phones. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Well, hello, Anthony. How you doing? I'm doing well. How you doing? Good. Where are you calling from today? I'm calling from Orange County, California. Listening on coast, I assume. Yes. So what's going on? I have the whole team here for you. Well, what's going on? Is, uh, it seems to be a flea epidemic. If I said it right, going around, I mean, it's really, really bad. It is bad, yeah. And so my question is, uh, when I heard uh, the gentleman talk about that you can use Dawn to get rid of the fleas to a certain degree, mm-hmm. my question is, is can you use Dawn on your animal like every day? I mean, I'm not saying like every day, but uh, okay. with my dog, I have a Chihuahua and I have a Pomeranian. And a Pomeranian has some health issues, but I'm trying to get through that. And I give them the pill, and the fleas come back again. Mm-hmm. So that is my question about using Dawn. Can I use it? Uh, okay, great like, question. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, so Dawn, the reason Dawn works to help kill fleas, it's nothing magical about that ingredient. So, oh my God, I'm saying it. There's nothing magical about it. It's a shampoo and a detergent. So we're basically drowning the fleas. So if I pick out a couple other non-toxic shampoos, they're going to have the same effect. What Dawn and other detergents do is basically just drown these fleas. So they're only um, killing the fleas that are on the pet at that moment, and they don't have any residual activity after you're done with the bath. So... So the question is, um, how often can you use it? Well, Dawn, it's a degreaser. So excessive use or too frequent can really cause dryness of um, the skin and dullness of the hair coat. So um, Joey might be able to tell you a little more about what his recommendation on frequency is, but I really would say sparingly. It's not something that I would do daily that is too often to be bathing a pet. Uh, Now, flea combing, you certainly can do every day, but there's no reason you would bathe your pet every day. Um, okay. So now, I would say you're going to want to use other types of flea control in conjunction with that. And what's the what's the oral product you're using? Like a Quick Kill, like a Capstar, or something like that? Well, what I, what my wife is using right now, and this is another question I'm going to ask you, is is called Natural Care Flea okay. and Tick Spray, and she uses that on the dog every day. So my question is, will that turn out to be a, like a respiratory problem or something? Because, you know, I did Google and it just said, you know, but it doesn't mention if you can use it every day. She does it to try to make the animals feel comfortable because I said I have a nine-year-old Pomeranian and a four-year-old Chihuahua. And if these ladies are bothering me, I wouldn't want to play with my little Chihuahua who used to play. He doesn't want to play mm-hmm. anymore. And yeah. so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a downer. So these are the questions okay. that I'm just concerned about her using that spray on them every day to make them at least comfortable to try to sleep at night. Yeah, and I probably would not recommend using that every day. And um, if it's what I think it is, um, a lot of the natural sprays in place of using um, an EPA-approved insecticide or pesticide, they're actually using different types of essential oils. Mm -hmm. And essential oils, um, they're natural ingredients from plant extracts, but they basically are chemicals still. You know, they're hydrocarbons, and um, cats particularly can be very sensitive to essential oils unless they're diluted to an appropriate amount. So uh-huh. dogs have been also known to have toxicities from essential oils. So the problem is, you know, this is the kind of in that gray zone where it's not well regulated. So how much is too much, I can't tell you. But I can uh-huh. tell you if you're using it daily, that to me sounds excessive. Um, and I would um, be more judicious about using that less frequently on the pets. Now, in the environment, it might be a totally different thing. But directly on their hair coat, it would have me concerned at that frequency. Because some of the essential oils, yeah, you mentioned the respiratory component. There can be cause um, respiratory sensitivities. Right. Some dogs actually can have allergies to the actual oils, kind of like the fragrance um, can actually cause them to be itchy, scratchy as well. And then I, in rare cases, um, when an animal I've seen get into large amounts of um, undiluted essential oils, I've seen um, liver disease. Um, so it can cause some, some problems. So um, we can't have I, I would say... A little bit is good, but, um, you know, I, I would say we may need to find other avenues to try to help them. If they're that uncomfortable with the itching of the fleas, um, then I would, you know, see your veterinarian because there are some other products that we can use to help control the itch related to flea allergy dermatitis if it's 
if that's all that they got going on. And that might right. be something like a pill that we can use for short term while you kind of boost up your efforts on the flea control um, mm-hmm. or something more long term if you're in a real hot bed of fleas and we're expecting a, it's a long haul for you this year. <laughs> you also got to remember your house, too. Make sure you're taking care of your house. How long do those fleas last or live when just in the carpet? They can live for very uh, long, uh, long periods of time because they actually have a um, pupil stage, which can kind of just sit there for quite some time. Um, wow. Most commonly, the egg, when it's laid, um, it takes about three weeks to develop into a flea. But, yeah, it, they can hang out and just wait for the right environment. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, gee, that's... <laughs> that is I know. It's not encouraging, is it, Anthony? <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. I mean, I made the mistake of my, uh, with my Pomeranian, uh, you know, giving him a lion cut because he always felt good about that when it comes around the summertime. You know, mm-hmm. cutting his coat, you know, getting it cut down. But now it's to the fact where his hair doesn't grow back anymore. I mean, yes. at that age, he's almost 10 years old. And so I Google it. And, of course, I ruined his coat. So I really felt bad about that. But every time he went to flee to bother him, when they're constantly biting him, mm-hmm. I see little red spots everywhere, like little blood spots where they're, you know, and I just yeah. feel really, really bad about it. So I, I just wanted to find out some other avenues about that. You brought up some great points there as far as like with the shaving and all of that. While it may be good for the fleas and trying to control hot spots, it, it does sometimes cause a stunting of that hair regrowth. So, yeah, uh, it definitely did that. And the other thing, I mean, kind of this is changing subjects a bit, but when I have a pet that's hair is not regrowing well, and especially if we have uh, skin issues on top of that, I like to evaluate their thyroid level as well because a underactive thyroid will also cause a lack of hair regrowing after it's been shaved and can also make their skin a little bit less protective against some of the effects of allergies, itching, and they tend to be more dry. So that oh, might be something yeah. to, to raise with your vet as well. Oh, he has thyroid issues. We, we got about he does. Issues. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He has thyroid issues. And they had kidney stones. So, you know, he, he's hanging in there. He's almost taking care of Poor dear. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, well, good luck with everything there, Anthony, and uh, you, you're taking good care of those babies there. Yes, I will. Thank you. Thank you very much. Toll-free 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team or ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, it's Alan Cable, and we're talking about dogs. I'm going to give you a little project. I want you to watch your dog for a week. His body language, the way he moves, his energy level. Is he calm and happy or wound up and manic? Watch your dog as much as you can for an entire week. Just observe your dog's behavior and then really think before you react. I'll give you an example. I was in the dog park just yesterday. A woman with a smaller dog is walking. Her dog barks at just about every single dog and just lays into this bigger dog. The bigger dog is calm and relaxed and pretty much just wants to say hi, do a little sniffing around, you know. You can observe the different energy. One dog, very nervous, very afraid, manic, anxious, fearful. The other dog, calm, relaxed, la-di-da. What do you think her response was? Well, she immediately snatches the dog up, is holding the dog, going, oh, it's okay, it's okay. Now, that would be the perfect thing to do if the dog were human. But it's a dog. So what do you think the dog gets from that? 
He's acting crazy and gets affection. So that tells him it's a good thing he's acting like that. She's reinforcing it. It also tells the dog, yes, there is something to be afraid of. And you're right to be afraid. Best thing to do since the dog's on a leash is just turn around and walk the other way. If you can't do that, you get out in front of the dog to show him you're in charge and you're going to protect him. You're the pack leader. This is assuming, of course, the dog that he's afraid of is mellow. You don't want to get in the middle of two insane dogs. Now, you also give your dog a correction to refocus his mind. little jolt of the leash, little hand signal, and you do it over and over again until the dog starts to understand that that behavior is the wrong behavior. When the dog is mellow, you say, good dog. The more in charge you are, the more calm you are, the more calm your dog's going to be. Dogs are like kids. They need boundaries, and you're the only one who can show them what they are. But you can't do it with words. You've got to do it with body language and corrections and a composed calm self. And don't forget the praise. So go out there and watch some dogs. Watch yours. See if you can figure out what your dog is saying. And before you ask Act. Think about the message it's sending the dog. Animal Radio is underwritten in part by Viagen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Learn more at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. For over a decade, Viagen has been the leading provider of genetic preservation and cloning services of prized livestock with thousands of satisfied clients. Now announcing Viagen Pets, providing genetic preservation and cloning services to pet parents. Consider preserving the genes of your pet to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. If you've ever been skunked or your dog skunked or your cat skunked, it's a it's a horrific thing, as Joey would say. And, of course, we all think that tomato juice is the easy go-to solution. It is not. And Joey will tell you why in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. We'll head back to the phones for your calls, toll-free at 1-866-405-8405 for Dr. Debbie or Joey Villani. And a short check of the news just around the corner. What do you have coming up? What happens when you invite over a 1,000 dogs to a baseball game? Oh, I heard about this. This is so cool. If, if you haven't heard How about this. How fun would that be? Oh, would be? I'd want to be there. As long as it's in a stadium and not my house. That's <laughs> on the backyard, yeah. Yes. <laughs> we'll find out more about that in just a couple of minutes. Let's go to the phones for your calls. Well, good afternoon, Heather. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm so pleased to get your call. Where are you calling from? Arroyo Grande, California. Boy, we're getting lots of calls right around this area. You must be listening on KVEC. You bet. And you know, it's a great station, and they've just undergone some changes, and I'm so excited that they've kept the best of the best. So there there you go. There you go. I think we've actually been on this station, I think, at least a decade now. So we're very happy to be a part of KVEC. So what's going on? How can we help you? I have the whole team here for you. Oh, terrific. We need a whole team. Uh Uh-oh. So it's a household with my daughter and I, and I've had two chihuahuas. One is four and one's three. It's mama and baby. I mean, literally. And then we have several cats, and the cats aren't the issue. We brought in a new rescue border terrier puppy in June, and he got along great with the chihuahuas until he got bigger than them. And then (laughs) now they're, you know, and they played and they cleaned each other and did their ears and all that stuff, and it was great fun, but all of a sudden he got more, I don't say aggressive, but assertive in his play style. 
Okay. So they now um, turn the other way and leave the room when they see him coming in. Okay. And we try, you know, we give them treats and we give them all love and all that stuff. And we just need to know if it's a puppy stage or something we should do to kind of um, control his aggressiveness with the play style, which they do not appreciate. Okay, now you see aggressiveness, so I just need a little clarification. So meaning he's rambunctious, like his uh, he kind of bounds on them, leaps on them, and it's something they don't appreciate, or has it actually gotten to bites and growls and no, something more like that? No, I would say what you said the first, the first okay. part. Okay. It's just too rough a play for them. And they okay. are neutered females, and he's a neutered male, and he's probably going on four or five months now. All right. Well, yeah. you've got two different demographics going on. You've got the adolescent boy right now. Okay, we'll put this in kid terms. We've got the That's adolescent boy, and you've <laughs> and you've got the twenty year old uh, college age girls. So, okay. do they want to hang out and play a lot together in the human world? Maybe some, but maybe their level of interaction yeah. together is going to be limited, and it isn't always realistic to expect those two different um, communities, if you will, to to get along okay. and to play and to interact in the same manner. So, you know, yes, the trick is to try to figure out some common ground, and that might mean a couple things. That might mean that we work on rewarding the patience of the gals, and then we work on expending this boyish energy that he has and try to just yeah. ex- just kind of burn that down a little bit. And then, then, then hopefully we can find some common ground. But I don't, I don't think the goal right now that you should be focused on is to try to get them to lay next to each other in the same room and no. say, oh, all is nice, nice. Because that might just be a bit unrealistic for his age and his <laughs> exuberance yeah. that he has. And being of a border terrier, I mean, they are a go, 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 go. So, um, terriers are all about doing, sniffing, getting into things. And that just might be a bit more than, than the girls wanted to have happen. So, um, I do like the idea of treats and rewards, but I would treat and reward the girls when he's around. So just the fact that he's around, maybe interacting in the same room, that's a great reason to give them a treat. I wouldn't just give them a treat for no good reason. I would make sure we try to pair that physical presence of the other dog with um, something good comes to them, whether it's a special treat, some special love, um, you know, whatever it might be that your your dogs enjoy. But I really think the big thing is for this this young fella is to, to get him worn out. And that might mean finding some activity that is good for him to just kind of burn that energy down, whether that's going to um, a play group, like a puppy kindergarten class, um, a, um, a doggy, uh, uh, doggy daycare, pl- uh, I said play groups, um, taking him out for long, extensive walks, playing ball. Um, some little terriers excel at things like fly ball, which is kind of a retrieving um, game with, uh, with balls where they have to do a relay race, and that could be a great thing as well. So okay. something that, to give him some physical activity and stimulation so that when you do have them all together, you, you can kind of expect hopefully the, um, the interaction will be a little bit more in a subdued level for him. Oh, exactly, and I think uh, I think we're both on the same track. So, thank you very much for that. Um, he started Great. daycare a couple of days a week just today. Awesome, and, good. Um, yeah, so we started a dog anyway. So, I think so. Just kind of try to tire him out. 
<laughs> it, exactly. And, you know, in, in recognizing when his behavior starts to kind of amp up and if yeah. that means kind of interjecting yourself into the equation, you see that he kind of gets that some puppies get kind of a crazy puppy <laughs> where they yeah. look like they're just going to kind of like, kind of like a, it's on the hunt kind of, which is, it just is natural. You know, it's like, okay, calm down. You know, so he just gets into overwhelm like a little kid at bedtime. You know, he just gets you got it. wind. Okay. You got it. So I'm glad that it's but all innocent and it's playful because that is totally workable. And I would see that these guys are going to, you know, be pals down the road. But yeah, he's just kind of that annoying little brother right now. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your personal call. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening, Heather. We appreciate it. Toll free 1-866-405-8405. Don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free animal radio app for iPhone and Android. Cute. <laughs> well, this whole Healthy Serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats, always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Learn more over at redbarninc.com. Thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting this portion of Animal Radio. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten free. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Hey, you guys, don't go anywhere. I know you take your potty breaks normally at this time, but I have a question for you. <laughs> okay. Um, dog and cat dementia is on the rise in a big way, and what do you think is to blame for that? Anybody? I don't know, but I really need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Hal. Um, Joey, Judy? I, all I can say is... Just because they live longer, so we're seeing more of it. That would be my guess. Yeah, that's, that's part of it. Joey? If I had a guess, I'm going to say it is the food, and I'm going to say it's probably um, really? a lot has to do with how I, I bet you. Hey, listen, they said that dementia um, years ago had a lot to do with the, um, how the canned food was packaged in the, in the aluminum cans, so who knows? Ooh, Maybe it's the wow. same thing. What is it? I'm going to tell you. Okay. Uh, scientists in the U.K. have done this study. And they are, they're up in arms about this and they're warning everybody kind of like, hey, it's your fault and it's up to you guys to improve it. They're blaming it on lazy owners who, you know, aren't giving their pets enough exercise mm. and poor diets. Joey, you were Joey, right. Wow. But also, yeah, Judy, you were right too because they are living longer. But in this study that just came out, it shows that a third of dogs begin to suffer from mental decline at age eight. And then that increases to two-thirds of all dogs who were over age 15. So this is not looking good. For cats, half of all cats over the age of 15. And uh, for those who are a little younger, between 11 and 14, it's about a third of them who suffer from dementia. And the vets warn that cheap pet food, um, their pampered lifestyles, lack of exercise, they are all to blame for this sudden rise in the number of pets that are developing dementia. You know, the average dog does now live to the age of 12 and a cat to 14, thanks to the care that they receive from
from their owners and medical care, of course, and all the progress is there. But the areas of sufficient exercise and good diet could both use some major improvements, they say. Because, you know, years ago, we weren't seeing pets live until 17 or 18 years old, like some of them do these days, which, as they said, is part of the reason that we are seeing some more dementia now. How, how do they display the dementia? Is it like, do they leave the stove on? What What is it that... <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's real obvious. It would be kind of obvious, but I remember reading one of the symptoms was that they forget their way around, like they'll back uh. in, you know, they'll go head in first somewhere, and then they forget to back out of it. They forget how to get out of it backwards. Mm. Uh, I think our cats, our cats forget that they just ate. Yeah, that's... And they want to eat again. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Joey, you look at my bird, okay? Now, Gurney eats fruit seeds and vegetables she's 40 years old sharp as a tack okay and she's gonna live now to 120 dog, well I- exactly and then your dog eats chicken meal and byproducts and then we wonder you know we wonder if it's the food of course it's the food i mean come on it, it, it makes total sense i mean same thing with people i think but they absolutely need to get some regulation in on that industry well, the outfield seats at U.S. Cellular Field, that's in Chicago, where the White Sox hosted 1,122 dogs and their owners. I would have been in heaven. This was during a game against the Cleveland Indians. That game set a Guinness World Record for the most dogs ever at a sporting event. The Sox had set out to achieve the record for their annual Bark at the Park event, and they set the Guinness World Record uh, because the official was actually there game night to verify the record and award the team honor that night. The Sox needed a minimum of a 1,000 dogs in attendance in order to set the record, and then it wasn't just enough to have the dogs. They had to remain in their seats, and they were all in the outfield area for a period of at least 10 minutes. Starting at the top of the third inning, I guess you really have to plan these things. And that was all so that they could record the counts. So they counted over 1,100 dogs in less than 10 minutes. A clock in the outfield did count down the 10 minutes. It was during the third inning. And then the Sox announced the record was achieved in the middle of the sixth inning. Uh, there were, you know, many dogs, as you can imagine, and a lot of them dressed in White Sox fan gear. And they all did a lap around the field that was before before the game, and then the evening ended with an 8-1 to victory for the Sox. So it was a really good night for everybody there. You know who it wasn't a good night for, though, was the janitor afterwards who had to clean up after a thousand dogs. <laughs> Hopefully there were a lot of poo-poo bags hanging on those leashes, Hal. I'm hoping. <laughs> Um, you know, you talk about the janitor. Usually it is us who write, the human, who has to clean up after the dogs when you go to a park or wherever. But some dogs apparently consider it their duty to return that favor to humans. Because in Germany, there was a woman who recently, I don't know if you saw this video or not, but she did, she captured it on video, this very civic-minded dog doing his fair share of cleanup by putting a mouthful of trash into a garbage container all by himself at the park. Um, the video shows the trash-toting canine walking with the garbage in its mouth, walking towards the trash can in the park, and then the dog puts its nose under the trash can lid to lift it and carefully drops his mouthful of trash into the can. I think that is a great trick training idea better than some humans too of course i mean yes. they never yes. pick up after themselves yeah it's a very good point yeah 
The Group Citizens Advertising Takeover Service. Now, that stands for the acronym is CATS, right? Get it? Uh, it is managed to replace all the advertisements in one London underground rail station with pictures of cats. For two weeks, commuters at the Clapham Common tube station are being greeted by big pictures of adorable kittens instead of, you know, ads selling vitamin water or the 15th edition of a Jason Bourne movie. (laughs) Cats is the brainchild of Glimpse. It's a creative collective aimed at positive social change. And according to the group's founder, that idea came from a suggestion to, I love this, imagine a world where friends and good experiences were more valuable than the things that you buy. So the group was taken by that, too, and they began a crowdfunding campaign on Kickstarter earlier this year, and they raised over $30,000 to buy the advertising space, which features several photos of stray cats that are in need of homes. Now, the response has been fantastic. You will see the people coming through the station with some smiles at first, you know, like, how cool is that? And then they turn the corner in the train station, and they see more cat photos have replaced all the ads that that they normally see, and their smiles get bigger, and then many people at that point just whip out their cell phones and start taking selfies. So it's been it's been a huge success, and now it's hoped that the campaign will inspire advertisers to rethink their public impact and will use their powers for more good. Ah, we hope. Yeah. Pause crossed. Yes. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime <laughs> at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Hello, Animal Radians. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List, five pet holidays happening in October. I know I've shared with you all before that I like to have some fun with pet holidays. Not because they aren't worthy or valid, but for the most part because they're often created by organizations or individuals. Don't get me wrong, I love to party and celebrate with my Animal Kingdom friends, and I'll use any excuse to do it. Still, the creation of pet holidays is something that makes Hallmark and other greeting card companies smile and say, genius, why didn't we think of that? That being said, here are a couple of October pet holidays that we will certainly be talking and reading about. The American Humane Association and the ASPCA have their own spins on October being Adopt-A-Shelter Dog Month, or adopt a dog month. Okay, I'm all for adopting a dog, but I don't think that one month is any better than the others. But if you needed just one more reason to adopt a dog in October, there you go. October is also National Animal Safety and Protection Month. Once again, this is an everyday priority for me and for many of the animal world folks I know. However, I do love that it increases the general media's discussion of important topics like animal safety. And that goes for both domestic and wild animals. Also, pet first aid, environmental awareness, and having a proactive plan for animal safety and protection is truly important. National Pet Wellness Month is another important effort to raise awareness about the importance of pet wellness. Let's be honest. As pet parents, our lives are extremely busy. So if you haven't done so recently, stop, take a minute, and do a head-to-tail check of your pet. Note what you observe so that you can go back to it the next time you review your pet's wellness, either with a professional or just simply by yourself. October also brings us National Pet Obesity Awareness Day. This is truly an important issue, as more than 50% of our dogs and cats are said to be overweight, and the numbers continue to grow. There are a number of simple, easy-to-do things that can have an impact on your pet's weight. 
from better food to appropriate sized feeding bowls to less treats and more exercise. The bottom line, if you needed an excuse to work on your pooch's belly, you've got that in October. There are several other important holidays celebrated throughout October, including Animal Welfare Week, National Feral Cat Day, National Cat Day, and so much more. You know, after looking at all these, I'm inspired to suggest just one more. October is sure to be the dress your pet up in a funny, crazy, ridiculous, or super cute outfit and share it on social media month. Or as I like to call it, why pets get revenge on their people month. Okay, all kidding aside, October has a number of great ways to celebrate the animals in your life. Celebrate them by sharing your favorite holiday or holiday suggestions on our Animal Radio Facebook page. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. If you have cats, I bet you didn't realize there's a connection between common health problems in cats to the type of litter you use. Ammonia forms in the litter box and can cause vomiting, diarrhea, drooling, panting, and even upper respiratory infections. You can stop this by switching to Cat's Incredible Litter. It has patented technology that stops ammonia from forming, with all profits going to help animals in need. Available now at your local pet store and Petco stores nationwide. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Animal Radio. There's another one. No, are you serious? <laughs> Where? Hanging right there from. Oh the my up. God! This we're infested. This is well, we're not infested. Yes, we are. We attract animals here at Animal Radio. And I was just uh, just before we went into the last break, I was looking down at my microphone, which I get pretty cozy with. <laughs> and I noticed there's a little inchworm, except it wasn't even an inch. It was like a quarter inch worm, just a little worm crawling across the microphone. Oh. Why are you so disgusted? Because it's, it's a creepy crawler. It's just a little, I, I had to take him out to the uh, garden. And you set him free. I did set him free. But now I see there's another one hanging from the uh, telephone hybrid. <laughs> Some of the equipment here in the studio, which is very strange, but I guess it's an animal show, and they're all here to uh, join us. Yeah, okay. <laughs> in a few minutes, we're going to talk to uh, Brandon over at uh, Apollo Peaks, and he makes a wine for cats. For cats. The Moscato and the Pinot Meow. That's cute. I like so that. if you enjoy having a, a glass of wine in the evening and... Your now cat's you can sitting there on your share lap. With your cat. You can share yeah. with your cat. So that's on the way. Just Nobody likes to drink alone. And uh, you know, we were talking about the internet just a few minutes ago, and how powerful it is, especially for cats. Uh, we know the cats actually started the internet, <laughs> but we uh, we also know the success of Instagram, especially this next gentleman. He is an Instagram. What should I say? Sensation. Hit sensation, especially with his animals. We welcome Steve Gregg to the show. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Very good. So now, how many cats and dogs do you have? Oh, gosh. Um, well, there's nine dogs and a pig, and then there's two cats also, and some chickens and a couple of ducks and a rabbit. Steve, are you a single man? <laughs> <laughs> I think you know the answer to that. <laughs> you have lots of love in your household. That's the answer to that, right? Are, are these all rescues? Um, they are, except for one dog. I have one dog from before I started rescuing seniors, um, the Irish Wolfhound. I've had him before I started doing that. But other than that, they're rescues. 
So these are special needs animals. Yes. Um, they're dogs that weren't getting adopted either because they were too old or because, you know, they had um, some kind of a problem blind or, you know, skin conditions or bad knees or whatever. So you started posting these guys on uh, Instagram. Yes. And what was the reaction? Well, you know, it's funny because, you know, you've got nine dogs and a pig in the house. So I had some pretty great pictures. So I just started posting and, and it, it, you know, it, it started to get some attention and started to grow. And um, then I got a really big, big bump in followers when uh, Humans of New York, um, I, I adopted a dog from his girlfriend's site, which is Susie's Senior Dog. And I, I didn't know that was Brandon, uh, Brandon Stanton from Humans in New York. I didn't know that was his girlfriend, but I saw this dog and she was blind and she was in the middle of nowhere and she'd lost all her hair and she had sores on her face. And I was like, well, I got to get this dog. And so I adopted <laughs> her. And then he called me and he was like, you know, this is Brandon from Humans in New York. I just really want to thank you for adopting that dog. And, and then he looked at the account and he liked it and he posted something on his Facebook that this was one of his favorite accounts. And, and then it grew a bunch from there. And, and, you you know, it's just kind of grown in steps like that. Wow, it's amazing how things go viral, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Does the pig think that uh, he's a dog? Oh, I think she thinks she's better than a dog. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, um, I know, I, I'm pretty sure she, I, she doesn't think she's a pig, but I think she's a, she thinks she's a step above a dog. <laughs> she's, um, she's great. Uh, lots of personality, very, um, she makes me laugh every day. I love that pig. Okay, so if people want to follow you on Instagram, how do they do that? Uh, it's Wolfgang2242. Uh, one word, Wolfgang2242. And uh, then you'll see all the pictures and, you know, all the special needs dogs and, and, and Bikini the pig. Bikini the pig. I love it. Why Bikini, should I ask? I don't know. I looked at her and she was, you know, a little rotund and I don't know. It just looked like a a, a pig that need, needed to be named Bikini. <laughs> well, I'm going to go check it out right now. We'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show, actually, over at AnimalRadio.com. Steve, thanks for hanging with us. I appreciate it. Okay, we're going to head back to the phones for your calls. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. And I'm going to free this worm here during the next call. Another one. I think yep. it's actually trying to cocoon and turn into a uh, a butterfly. Yeah, he's just hanging there. Yeah, he is hanging there. Let's uh, go check in with Susan Sims right now. She's reporting today from uh, St. Louis, where I believe she's in a hotel room getting ready for tomorrow's big events in St. Louis. Where are you guys going to be? Oh, my gosh. We are so excited. This is like the biggest event of the tour. It's at Tilly's Park in Ladue. It's the Canine Carnival. I think it's in its 25th, 26th year. Over 3,000 people show up, and our line to spin the wheel does not let up for four hours. So if you want to get in there and line up for prizes, donate to the shelter, that is the day to do it. I saw you uh, spinning the wheel on the Hallmark Channel during that morning show. You are quite the little TV star, aren't you? <laughs> we were really fortunate to get invited to be on Home and Family, and it was so much fun, and I hope they invite us again next year, but it was a blast. Okay, so if you're in St. Louis, where do you got to be tomorrow? 
We're going to be over at Tilly's Park in Ladue, and it's online. If you go to phytofriendly.com, click on the Route 66 logo. It takes you right to that page that loads up all the events, all the dates, all the times, and all the locations. Okay, and you've been working yourself across the country for almost uh, three weeks now. You'll be in Chicago next Saturday and then in Springfield, Illinois on Sunday and then uh, off to Kansas City, Missouri and Miriam, Kansas. It seems like you might be doing a little backtracking. Yeah, we do. We do the best we can to stay close to the route, and we try to work with all the shelters and make sure this is a good time to to uh, host events with them. So we do a little backtracking, but it's okay. It's still a lot of fun. And it's always fun along Route 66. Have you given any thought to my idea on uh, Find Your Baby on I-80? I-, I actually love that idea, but if you, Hal and Judy, you would have to come along. <laughs> there. There you go. That's like the that condition. Yes. I always thought you had the fun job anyway. <laughs> Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, canine caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Okay, this hour, your calls, toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. Also, we're going to visit with the makers of cat wine. Is this for real, cat wine? Yeah. I remember this. Uh, Lori reported on this a couple of weeks ago. They make a Moscato and a Pinot Meow, if, I, if my memory <laughs> I love serves those me names. correctly. Uh, these are for your cat, and I believe they're infused with catnip. Catnip. We'll mm. have giveaways coming up in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Have you ever heard of that, Doctor? This will be a first. I'm just wondering if these cats are going to like you know start ordering things off of uh, TV yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> what are you working on over there in the newsroom, Lori, for this hour? Uh, just uh, reading some research. There is uh, a country where the people live longer than we do here in the United States, and now their animals live longer, too. We'll have to find out what the secret is, and I'll tell you. Must be Greece. Don't they live long in Greece on those uh, Mediterranean islands? I think so. I thought you meant Greece as in French fries at no, first. No, no. <laughs> Neither <laughs> have. Okay, that's on the way. Let's go to your calls first for Dr. Debbie and Joey Villani. Well, hello there, Kathy. How are you doing? How are you? Good. Are you on a speakerphone? No, I'm. I'm wearing my headset. Oh, okay. Are you in the bathroom? <laughs> no, was it echoing? I'm in, a, I'm in a small room now. I'm oh. out. Okay, now you sound great. So, where are you okay. calling from today? I'm calling from San Luis Obispo, California. Just down the street from us. So, what's going on? Where are you actually in Morro Bay? We are in Morro Bay. Ah, okay. Well, what's happening is uh, my mom, who's quite elderly, mm-hmm. just adopted, and I helped her find um, a new cat, or um, a, a cat for her to have as a companion, okay. and the cat is eight years old, and her her elderly lady passed away, and in the last couple of years, this happened two years ago, and since then, she just kind of got bounced around and well she got abandoned at first she just got dumped outside by the family and then she fortunately got taken in by the cal poly cat program 
Okay. And okay. yes, yeah, she's just she's been through a couple of homes, just really through no fault of her own. But uh, her name is Squeakers, or that's okay. I think it was a nickname. <laughs> but uh, my my mom really wanted to name her something nicer, and I was just wondering uh, at her at eight years old, is it? Um, is it a bad thing to rename a cat, especially this poor kitty who's had so many changes? Yeah. Well, I guess the, the first thing we have to realize is when we name a cat and we call them, how often do they actually come to us? So, so this is a little, maybe a little bit different than a dog in that Mm -hmm. the response time and the turnaround (laughs) that we're going to expect with calling a cat is going to be, you know, maybe a little lower bar than we would have for a dog. So, but that being said, you know, I could understand that if your mom was interested in changing her name, you know, but, you know, I just can't say that it's going to be an easy thing um, to get the expectation that the kitty is oh, going to no, I just, respond I just wanna, and come to the name. I don't want so, to confuse the kitty or make her any more unsure of her situation well, I, than she yeah, might be. I, I don't think it would confuse her unless our expectations made her upset. So if we call a cat and they don't come and we get angry or, you know, something about how we respond to them becomes um, stressful, then it would be stressful for her. But she's not going to care if if you call her uh, Buffy and she doesn't come. It's not going to bother her. It it might frustrate your mother, though, and that might be the thing that, you know, let's, um, I might just advise to not change the the rules or the name so much because it it really might put your mom in more of a situation where she becomes frustrated that Kitty's not coming to her name or responding to her name in whatever way. Now, it can be done, and if you have the means to assist your mom with this, this is something you can certainly do, um, you know, using food as the reward to kind of retrain her. Um, but my, like I said, my expectations would be a little bit lower, and I, I just don't know that. Um, I would rather see her spend bonding time with her in other ways than, you know, trying to change her name. Um, so okay. this is my two cents there that's good and my my mom's quite my mom's 92 and she she kind of forgets what she wanted to call her anyway <laughs> oh that. yeah yeah so um <laughs> she had a hard time with squeakers oh and, I, see. Uh, I see yeah but um but you know a lot of people i mean how many of us call a, a cat kitty and, you know, do they come to us? Maybe. You know, maybe it's more of our vocal intonation, um, mm-hmm. if we're shaking something that's exciting to them. So that might be the things that you could look at doing, you know, if your mom is struggling with yeah. that name or chooses a different one and it comes out more naturally for her. Um, you, you can she, definitely pair that. The kitty, Squeakers, Squeakers slash Daisy, uh, loves to be brushed. So I suggested to my mom that maybe she you know, brush her or just have some kind of enjoyable time. Sounds like she'll be a great companion yeah. for your mom. And, you know, that is the power of the human-animal bond. It keeps us healthier, keeps us going, and really gives us some some sense of purpose in our lives. So thank you so much for your call, Kathy. We appreciate uh, you, you calling and bringing up that question. That's and, a good and question. Best of luck. Yeah. yeah. Was, yes. I think in the last 16 years, we've never heard that question. So that was the first time that we've heard that question here. And there's only one thing that my cat comes to, and that's the can opening. You can call, <laughs> call him anything. 
And that's the only thing. So there you go. one 405 8405 to reach out to the Dream Team. Also, if you have a Yorkshire Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a Pug, or a Mini Schnauzer, don't forget to pick up Dr. Debbie's books, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. They're available over at Amazon as Kindle books, and we have links from AnimalRadio.com. Hi, who's this? Hello, this is Richard. Hey, Richard. How are you doing today? Hey, great. I wanted to tell you how to get rid of fleas. How to get rid of fleas. We've been having a lot of flea calls today, so this is helpful. How do you get rid of fleas, Richard? All right, perfect. No poisons, no that. You don't poison everybody in the house. Don't spend anything. We were living down at the beach. This has been 20 years ago, though. Uh That was the last time I had them. They're pretty bad down at the beach. Oh, my God. Anyway, we're just doing everything everybody else does, trying to get rid of them. And, uh... My daughter picks it anyway. It winds up there with a, a dog in the house. So uh, we had a four-model TV, and uh, she wanted to leave the four-model TV on so he could, the dog could see his plate of water she left for him. Well, that's nice. Not that's considerate of her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, she... Uh, we did that, and I muted the TV. I slept in there, and um, the next morning, the pie pan, with all the lights out now, except that television running, uh, that pie pan was, you couldn't see the bottom of it because of the fleas on top. Uh-huh, I see. I said, okay, here's how you get a flip of them, all right. And uh, I kept doing that until they quit appearing. Okay, so let me make sure I have this straight. You had a pie tin? Is that what you were talking of about? Water. A pie tin? No, any kind. I would assume any type of pan, but uh, she put, put the water in a um, pie pan. And put it next to the TV? In front of the TV. Yeah, right. The, she was floor model TV, right up under the TV, <laughs> right uh, beside of it. Uh, well, that's creative. Hey, Richard, you guys have created a a really kind of unique spin on what we call a flea trap. And um, this is is something that's actually a lot of the uh, veterinary um, dermatologists and um, insect specialists recommend. Um, They don't necessarily incorporate the TV, which is kind of a cool little spin you've done, but using a a low pie pan, pan, uh, which is a low uh, threshold, so we know the fleas can kind of get in there easily, Mm -hmm. and a a direct light source shining into that site, which attracts the fleas to the area. Is it the light or is it the heat that attracts or is it both? It's a little bit of both, really. Um, so when that shines into that area, it's just kind of a, a place that draws them. So, yeah, you're kind of selectively removing the adult form of the fleas. You're not doing anything for those immature forms. But, um, you know, in the next couple of weeks, you'll have more fleas that will be popping out that uh, will, will hopefully be jumping in your pool <laughs> and watching some TV at the same time. I know it works every time. Yeah. Uh, I've got a friend of mine down here a couple of years ago, and... Uh, I put her TV on the floor, and uh, it took care of hers the same way, but the well, it was a different type of pan. But, uh, <laughs> and it could be any program, too, right? <laughs> <laughs> Make them watch some infomercials. I'm sure that'll really put them out of their misery. <laughs> uh, well, all the lights out in the house except that TV, and I had it on mute, leave it all night, and hello, Dolly. 
Yeah. Well, All that's right. cool. That's a very good idea, Richard. I got to try this. Give that a try. Now, I would imagine that the newer TVs, the uh, LCD TVs, probably yeah. aren't. Well, I don't know if it's all light, but they're not as hot. So it may not work with some of the newer LCD TVs yeah. or flat panels. So you need probably one of those uh, older ones. But a great idea, Richard. Thanks for calling. Toll free 1-866-405-8405 to reach out with your dream team with your questions or flea remedies. And you're barking all the time. It doesn't stop. That must drive you crazy, huh? Well, there's actually supposed to be a pig um, that's going to have uh, surgery, and they promised me they would wait <laughs> whilst we are. Uh, oh, because you want to see the surgery? No, because you will hear it. Um, it oh. will overpower my voice. Um, the squeals are well, very intense. It is like you have to wear earplugs. What kind of surgery is the pig having done? Uh, he's losing his testicles, unfortunately. Ah. <laughs> or I should say fortunately, because he'll be a much happier, pleasant baby to be around. Are they like dogs? They uh, Basically, they become actually better behaved afterwards? They do, yeah. And also, uh, the males grow, their tusks grow very long. Um, it's uh, hormonally driven. So they'll, they'll always have some tusk growth, but when they're not neutered, it, it gets to be a problem, and then they have to be trimmed quite regularly. So do you do a lot of pig neutering? You know, it seems like we certainly do. Pigs are pretty popular pets in the Las Vegas area. So spaying and neutering is really important because the females, they are just as ornery <laughs> when they're in heat. And they're pretty much in heat kind of on and off all the time. So um, it, they just make better pets. And uh, certainly it avoids a lot of other health problems if you take care of that. Yeah, you probably don't want a, a female pig in heat around a lot. That would be... <laughs> no, no. And we certainly don't need unwanted pig pregnancies either. Although there's not many, too many runaway, like, stray pot pigs running around impregnating <laughs> pigs in backyards. That's unlikely. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at CanineCaviar.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. just found out we're going to have giveaways of this cat wine. It's a, it's a non-alcoholic wine. In just a few minutes, we're going to talk about the Pinot Meow and the Moscato wine that Apollo Peak is making in Denver. That's awesome. Yes, it is. And uh, I definitely want to try some on the cats. But yeah. whoever we give it to, they'll have to try it out and they'll have to report back to us. That's with pictures. On the, with pictures. I want pictures. We want to see your cat all buzzed up on uh, <laughs> the Pinot Meow. <laughs> Catnip wine, yeah. yeah. So what's happening over there in the newsroom, Miss Lori Brooks? So coming up um, in Chicago, there are these ghost-busting cats. Actually, they're rat-busting cats, but they call them the ghostbusters. And um, what happens when they come face-to-face with a, a fat rat so big they've named it Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> That's on the way right here on Animal Radio. Stick around for that. Well, I've got to say, I work with the best dream team in the business. One of the greatest members has been along with us since 2008 would be the dog father, Joey Volani. And uh, I think it's your anniversary, so welcome. Is it? I was just thinking that. I I think it's coming soon, if not. We're going to have a little anniversary party for you. (laughs) 
Good. I want cake. <laughs> Consider it done. All right. So listen, do you know what, you know, sometimes you sit here, I mean, I've, I've done since 2008, you think about all the grooming tips I've done and sometimes tips come to you in the middle of the night or they smack you square in the face. And this one definitely did because <laughs> last night I had my sliding door open, the screen closed and I woke up to the horrific smell of a skunk oh and as i said up there we go maybe it's time to talk about because the skunks are out right now um this time of the year gets a little bit cooler out um usually now or or in the um spring um you see a lot of skunk activity and um it's funny because a friend of mine's um dog got skunked um just two days ago and they called me up what do i do panicking tomato juice right i'm gonna yeah, but you know what? You just took the words out of my mouth and, and maybe regurgitate them um, because tomato juice is, is horrible. Oh, really? Um, I'm not going to say that it doesn't work. See, the acidity in the tomatoes is really what they say takes the smell out of the skunk. But I think the person who invented that was really just really hated the person whose dog got sprayed by a skunk because <laughs> when you do that, the amount of mess that it makes to f- compared to the amount of smell it actually takes off of the pet is um I, you, you almost it's i've known people who have done that um, before they've come to the grooming salon and they were crying and they not only had a house that smelled like skunk because the dog was running all over but they also had a red a red house that everything <laughs> was stained and they had to clean that up so here's the thing the first thing you're going to do is is the smell is going to be horrific, um, especially, you know, when when you drive past in a car and you smell it, and you go, ooh, skunk, and some people say, I like that smell, and some people say, uh, I don't. Some people but actually until, like that smell, huh? Uh, yeah, some people do. But until you actually come in contact with it, I mean, it's one of the most horrific things that you'll ever experience, and, and your house sometimes will fill up for days with this. So this is what you want to do. If you can do it outside, do it outside. If it's too cold, you can't. But the first thing is is get a degreaser. That are the quickest and easiest degreaser you're going to have in your house because this isn't going to happen during normal hours because it <laughs> never does. This is going to be 2 o'clock in the morning where you can't go anywhere. So get that dish detergent out. If you have Dawn, I know that works great. And you're going to take a quarter cup of Dawn to a gallon of, of water, and you're going to mix that up. Now... The worst thing you could do is wet the pet first, because when I wet it, it's kind of like when you get an oil stain, and you know if if sometimes if you put powder or something on it, it'll it'll, it'll take it out. But if you wash the garment, you're going to set that stain in. Well, the same thing is going to happen with the skunk odor. It's going to set itself right in there, and and you're it's going to be extremely hard to get out. So what I want to do is is I want to break down the oils in the skunk spray. So I'm going to apply this mixture of degreaser and water, okay, dish detergent and water, onto my pet. Now, don't get in their eyes because it will extremely burn, okay? It's very drying to the coat, but um, unfortunately, this is, this is you know, we'll condition, we'll get it out. Shampoo it in really good, rinse it out, and then do a second treatment again and rinse it out. And then you could follow up um, with, with a, if you have a pet conditioner, it would be great. If you don't have a pet conditioner, use a people conditioner to get some type of moisture on, onto the coat. When it gets it on the face, now this is, because this is hard to use on the face because you don't want to get it around the eyes sure. or the muzzle. And a lot of times they get it in their mouth. When they get it in their mm, mouth, unfortunately, no. they're just going to have to go away. But on the face, what works great is um, Listerine. 
And you can get really? the antiseptic. You know, you can get the knockoff versions from the dollar store. Works really good because what it'll do is it'll break down. It'll break down the oils. But again, don't wet it first. If once I wet it, I solidify it. It's going to stay there for a long time. Mm-hmm. So what I could do is I could take a cotton ball, and again, you don't want to get it in the eye, but around the muzzle. Around you know, around the cheeks, um, you know, the, the the places that's a little bit hard. Sometimes the shampoo, I can use that, and it works really, really, really well. So, there you go. Okay, and you're not going to get it all out, um, but you're going to get it. It's going to be very, very bearable at that point. <laughs> how long will it last so, after that point? Here's the thing: it, it all depends on how hard the dog gets sprayed. I've had dogs six months later, Jeez. when and especially when they get wet. When they get wet, you usually smell it um, again. And, um, you know, your dog will go out in the rain, you think it's gone, and they're going to come back and say, I smell skunk, and it's fluffy. That still smells like skunk that got sprayed six months ago. So it, it, it really all depends, but it, it, it could be up to six months. Okay, wow. so the biggest takeaway here is don't use the tomato juice. Don't wet them. No, that, that was don't. a theory brought up by, I believe, the tomato juice industry trying to sell more tomato juice. Dawn dish well, detergent, as usual, one of the things that you need oh, to have no, in your house. The other big takeaway, Hal, yes? would be do it outside, like Joey said. <laughs> uh, there you go. Joey Volani, the dog father's on Animal Radio. If you want to talk to him, toll free 1 866 405 8405. This is Animal Radio. Fido Friendly Magazine presents the 8th Annual Month-Long Pet Adoption Tour, Get Your Licks, on Route 66, on the road from September through October. Along with media sponsor Animal Radio and companion sponsors Turf Mutt and Evercare, we travel in our Mercedes Sprinter, provided by Sprinter Rentals from L.A. to Chicago, stopping at shelters along the way to support adoption events. Our community sponsors John Paul Pet, Zeus Pet Toys, Pet Curian, Well Pet, Tito's Vodka, and Vets Best go along for the ride while we bring our giant spinning wheel filled with prizes you can win. Log on to Get Your Licks on Route66.com to find out where the tour stops near you. You can help raise money for your shelter, and you might just find your new forever friend. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. It's not just people who are living incredibly long lives in Japan. Apparently, their pets do too, according to... A new report from the Tokyo University of Agriculture and Technology, which found the longevity of pet cats and dogs in the country has soared to record heights, with the average cat there living to 11.9 years and dogs in Japan to 13.2 years. Wow. The latest figures reflect how the longevity of pets has steadily increased in recent years, with the average lifespan growing nearly two and a half times for cats and one and a half times for dogs in the past 25 years. That is huge. So let's compare this. The average cat in Japan lives almost 12 years. Now, in 1990, the average lifespan of cats was 5.1 years. So that's a big leap if we humans were so lucky. Now, for dogs, it was 8.6 years back in 1990. So they've added almost five years to their lifespans in just 25 years. That's amazing. But Japan's a whole different country. Researchers believe it's because of the growing number of pets there being kept indoors better quality pet foods they're being fed, and major advances in medical treatment. Meanwhile, um, the study also found, and you've probably heard this, but here is some proof. Researchers also found that mixed breed dogs live longer than purebreds, and female cats live longer than male cats. 
Now, here is the cherry on top of all of that research. Japan is not the only place in the world where pets are living longer. Here in the United States, for example, the average pet lifespan has soared to almost 13 years for cats and almost 12 years for dogs now. And by the way, if you've never been to Japan, the country is famously home to one of the world's more sophisticated pet industries, shall we say, with countless services totally devoted to all things pet-related, with uh, the more innovative among them, ranging from things like cat aromatherapy and dog dance classes to entire pet fashion shows. Wow. Don't the Japanese live longer, too, the humans? Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, I thought so. Hmm, must be the yeah, food. So, yeah, it's got to be part of it, I would think. Uh, most people visit Hawaii looking to spend, you know, long, lazy hours on white sandy beaches, you know, just relaxing. But true, very true cat people, on the other hand, might have a warmer and fuzzier option in mind. Because on the small island of Lanai, there is this very little known slice of feline heaven called the Lanai Cat Sanctuary, which is home to 495 cats. And apparently, people from all over the world love to fly in there just to hang out with these cats. And though there's a fence surrounding the property, there are no cages within the main area of the sanctuary. The cats, which they call Hawaiian lions. (laughs) as they call them there. They have large huts and trees to climb on, patches of grass where they can sun themselves, and all of the human attention they could ever want. In fact, this place is so nice, diehard cat lovers call it the fur seasons and instead of four seasons. Yeah. And uh, luckily, it is open to the public for a few hours every day. Visitors, too, can adopt or foster if they fall in love with a cat. And the sanctuary also helps to facilitate adoptions for both locals as well as out-of-state visitors. But if a cat is never adopted, no problem. It can live out its entire life there. The sanctuary is the perfect place for cats who need a home. Mm. But they say it's also doubly good because it serves a second purpose on the island, and that is also protecting endangered indigenous bird populations. Oh, yeah, I never thought about that. I want to go vacation there right now. Me too. It's a great reason to go to Hawaii. You'll have to look it up. Just Google it and, and look at the videos. You will see people everywhere. Just people taking pictures and they are, they, it's like they are starving for cat attention. These people are. It's, it's really cool. <laughs> Uh, Chicago Brewery has called up its version of feline Ghostbusters to handle their troublesome rodent infestation, and apparently this team is doing quite the fantastic job. Venkman, Raymond, Egan, and Gozer are the Ghostbusters named Kitty Enforcers that have taken up residence in Chicago's Empirical Brewery. Now, these cats come from the Cats at Work Project, a wonderful project that removes feral cats from dangerous situations around town and then puts them in new homes where they can control Chicago's rampant rodent problem. The brewery staff struggled with rats in a big way before their feline friends swooped in to save their day. In fact, these rats were so big and bad, they even named one particularly massive rat, 
Jesus after coming face to face with it several times. It was, it was pretty massive. <laughs> but since then, the four cats who are there, they've been working at the brewery and the staff says they haven't seen a single rodent since the four moved in. Now, having the Ghostbuster cats is also proven to be much more cost effective than monthly extermination treatments because those didn't work. And the cats are really happy. They spend most of their time just lazing around the brewery in their special comfy beds because Apparently, just their scent is enough to keep rats at bay. I didn't know that. Did you guys? I'm learning every day. I I thought that was amazing. So just having a cat around, it's a good reason. Now, in fact, the success of the Cats at Work program at the brewery has been so successful. You guys got to love this kind of stuff. It has led to a 30-day wait list for other businesses and families waiting for their own rat cat. Uh, the true seal of success. And uh, by the way, if you are a cat lover, you can follow the Empirical Brewery Cats Adventures. They're on Twitter, too. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. And if you're like me, you enjoy a good glass of wine every once in a while, maybe once or twice a week. And uh, you wish you could share it with your cats because they're sitting on your lap. They're, you know, you're... They're sniffing it. They're trying to get in the glass. Mine does. She sticks her nose in it. Lori did a story about a couple of weeks ago. She was talking about this Moscato and Pinot Meow that's made by <laughs> a winery. I- I'm not sure if it's a winery. We'll find out. It's Apollo Peak. And we have the top dog over there, or should I say top cat? Top cat. Brandon Zavala. Hi, Brandon. How are you Hello. doing? Hello. Hey, how's it going? Not too bad. How are you guys? Very good. So are you a winery? Or are you uh, uh, involved with making wine? No, we are not a winery. We, we like to consider ourselves to be a pet beverage company, okay. if you will. So kind of like a brand new uh, brewery for pets, making drinks from wines to working towards vitamin drinks as well, too, uh, both cats and dogs. Oh, wow. Okay. So tell us about the wine, the uh, Moscato and the Pinot Meow. Yeah, so both, so both of our wines, the Pumial and the Moscato, are essentially made with catnip. Um, they're non-alcoholic, they don't contain grapes, but we make them with organic beets and uh, organic catnip as well, so that they get that smell of catnip, and they start acting like they've been drinking wine and getting a little tipsy. <laughs> and it's made with beets, which is good for your animals, isn't it? I would yeah, imagine. yep, 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 totally safe for, uh, for animals, both cats and dogs, and um, a lot safer than using anything like grapes or anything like that. So. How did you come up with this idea? Happy hour? <laughs> yeah, technically it was over at the hour. It was a really fun idea how it started, actually. Uh, the original idea was actually slapping a, uh, a label to have a cat-themed actual wine um, for humans. And uh, really, that's what I did. I brought it out to some friends, and I said, hey, I brought some cat wine to you guys. And I said, is this for cats or for humans? And I thought, well, you know what? Uh, this is for us. But, you know, that would be a pretty cool idea, actually, to uh, make one for cats. And that's kind of how it started, basically. Well, how is it going so far? How are people reacting to this? Uh, it's going pretty good. We have a lot of good reactions uh, from folks who are feeding it to their cats. We get different, all kinds of different reactions from the cats, um, whether they start playing with the uh, the glass, they start drinking it, start acting kind of funny, or uh, um, essentially just uh, being what cats do, just kind of funny and uh, floating around the drink itself. So. And I want to know, why beets? I mean, was there is there something about beet juice that cats find appealing that I, I don't know about? <laughs> no, no, no. There really, there really isn't anything appealing to them, essentially. So 
Um, we have to work to make it palatable for them so they actually drink it. But beets, the, the, the idea kind of came from when I was sitting down thinking, well, what can I color this stuff with so it actually looks like a wine, but not like be a food coloring or something like that, you know? Um, and that's how the idea with beets just started. Um, and I had, you know, done some research and found that beets are safe and a, a safe kind of all-natural food coloring, essentially, for um, for cats. So we started using that as our base color for a lot of our wines. And uh, um, and then we just brewed in some catnip and made it kind of tasty or smell good uh, type of drink for the cats in general. So. Do you grow your own catnip or you outsource that? Uh, we we outsource that. But we do have a couple catnip plants set up in front of our facility here where we'll start um, using for, like, smaller batches and stuff. That's pretty cool. I'm going to go ahead and give away a couple of bottles of this. Yeah, let's yeah. do that. Yeah. Uh, toll yeah, free, one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. The one caveat, or caveat, should I say, is that you need to report <laughs> back and tell us how your cats liked the Apollo Peak uh, vintage, should I say, Moscato and Pinot Meow. And we want pictures. Yeah, we want pictures of your cats yes. enjoying it. So uh, yeah. toll, toll free, one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Brandon, thank you so much for hanging with us today. Oh, no problem. Thank you guys for talking with me anytime. That's uh, kind of a unique idea. Yeah, I think it's cute. What about for someone like like for my cat, Jackie, who swats everything within sight? If it you know flies off the table, so be it. Maybe they should mark it like a wine glass with some kind of like a suction cup on the bottom. <laughs> That's not a bad idea because I can tell you beet juice all over the carpet won't be yeah. a pretty thing. Yeah, but and my cat used to go over and if I had a glass sitting there, he would just take his paw and tip it over. Just because he could. Because it's a cat. That's what cats do. Just because you don't have time to read a book doesn't mean you can't enjoy stories about artists and groups that you love. To discover a whole new world of audiobooks and hear the stories that made the music, visit HappylandAudio.com. That's HappylandAudio.com. This is Brandon McMillan, host of the weekly CBS TV series, Lucky Dog. I'm also the spokesperson for the 8th Annual Cross-Country Pet Adoption Tour. Get your licks on Route 66, brought to you by Fido Friendly Magazine. This tour will stop at numerous shelters from L.A. to Chicago to support pet adoption events across the country. Visit us online at FidoFriendly.com and click the Route 66 badge to see where the tour stops in a town near you. Swing by, and who knows, you might just find your new forever friend. The warm weather is here, and that means dogs are outside getting muddy, smelly, and in need of a bath. Lucy Pet Products shampoos and conditioners are made with natural ingredients. They're available in terrific scents, like apple, blueberry, tropical, coconut, lavender, and even that new puppy smell, with all profits going to help animals in need. Find them at your local pet store and at Petco stores nationwide. Or go to LucyPetProducts.com. Just because you don't have time to read a book doesn't mean you can't enjoy stories about artists and groups that you love. To discover a whole new world of audiobooks and hear the stories that made the music, visit HappyLandAudio.com. That's HappyLandAudio.com. How about we go to the phones for your calls for Dr. Debbie and Joey Villani. Toll-free, 1-866-405-8405, right now. Hi, Kim. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very good. Where are you? I'm in Alexandria, Virginia, so I'm in the Washington, D.C. area. Okay, and what's up with you today? Oh, well, I adopted this um, beautiful male Maine Coon from a family about a year ago. They had to give him up because they had a baby who he was trying to assert his dominance in the household, and he was starting to attack the baby. So mm. clearly gosh. the infant had to come first, and so they had to give him up, and I adopted him, um, and he's a healthy, happy, well-adjusted cat in every way except he chews everything like a puppy and he's destroyed hundreds of dollars of worth of stuff. It's mm. 
furniture, mm-hmm. clothing, cables, plastic, metal. I mean, it's and then metal? I tried you everything. choose metal. Yes, metal, Me- metal hangers from the a dry cleaner. Wow. I mean, I've never. It's like he's. I don't know what's going on with him. I'm just close to calling a pet psychic or something because I cannot <laughs> figure it out. The bitter cheese spray didn't work. Tin foil didn't work. Um, um, pe- pepper paste from Indian curry, the hot pepper paste, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a cat here. I just yeah. want to make sure. Okay. He's a, he's a Maine Coon, and I asked his vet, and the vet said, well, the breed, you know, they tend to be kind of mouthy. And I said, well, that doesn't really help me. As you walk in with your clothes all chewed up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's incredible. He's, he's destroyed all kinds of stuff. And I okay. don't know what to do about it because I'm worried about him getting hurt. I left um, a wood coat hanger, one of the thick, nicer kind, and he chewed up one whole end of it and had little splinters in his mouth. Oh, yeah. I was just going to so, ask you if he's been eating any of these things, if he actually chews to no. for the purpose of ingesting it. Nope, it's like somebody chewing gum. He's just chewing on it, um, mm-hmm. teething. Yeah, and, and I would say that when your vet said that, you know, some cats have a higher, like, an oral need to chew, that is true. And um, with what you've got going on, there's really a couple things that I would suggest to try to manage through this. And the biggest thing is um, that, um, oh, I, I forgot to ask you, Kim, does your kitty stay inside or out to go outside? indoor and I work very long hours um, but mm-hmm. I mean he sleeps most of the day and um, again he's you know personality wise and temperament he's actually he's very well adjusted he's also really spoiled I don't know if I'm enabling <laughs> bad behaviors probably yeah but, um, well, for an indoor kitty, um, and especially if you are working long hours, then some of this type of behavior, for cats to chew, we're not, you know, you don't hear about this a lot, but some cats do this just like dogs do, kind of as a soothing, kind of a, um, you know, gives them some kind of sense of calm. So, you know, there may be that kind of oral need to chew on things, and it may just be he's bored. Um, so part of my prescription for you is going to be we're going to need to really set up some established activity and play sessions for him. And um, for a cat that we're fighting something like this, I would prescribe at least three to four play sessions a day where we are doing something active, you know, cat dancer toys, um, kind of things where we make him jump and run around or, you know, chase you around the house, things like that, because we have to get his level of activity up. Um, you know, a tired pet is one that's less likely to have some uh, behavioral problems. And it's okay. kind of hard to make a cat run in a treadmill, <laughs> but that's the, the basic thing. we got to get him something else to do and something else to focus on during his day. Okay. Some ways that we can do that um, when you're not around and try to help kind of feed that need to chew is to give him things that make him work for um, a treat. Um, so rather than just kind of put food out for him, I would, you know, kind of make it a little bit more challenging for him. They, are, they do have certain, uh, like, Kong toys, certain kind of uh, rubberized toys where there's food inside, and you can okay. hide treats and hide food in there. We want to make it kind of almost like a little uh, Rubik's Cube kind of puzzle where we have to kind of stimulate his mind and his activity in order to get some uh, food items. Um, and, and then there are some places we can redirect this, um, like um, the kitty grass that you can grow. 
um, I would say, you know, I would line your sills with it and grow it for this boy because, you know, if he likes to chew on things, that's something we can direct him to. Um, and then there's some of the safer things like paper bags, uh, you know, those would be a good alternative, um, not as likely to be damaging, um, but where you can provide that for him to hide in, play in. And if you choose on a paper bag, no big deal. Okay. <laughs> um, and I then I, the problem is, I'm sorry, I was going to say part of the problem is he is unusually intelligent. I've grown up with lots of pets, um, cats, dogs, bunnies, you know, turtles, you name it. And I've never had a pet in in my whole life that is as highly intelligent as Cosmo. And that's part of the problem is he's constantly outsmarting me. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I've managed to set up sort of a a process where I've got the advantage and he's not going to destroy anything. And he's so bright. He figures out a way to get what he wants. He's very resourceful. Um, Uh And I think maybe that's part of his boredom is because he is unusually bright for any pet that I've ever had. So... I keep the TV yeah. on, and I try to stimulate his brain as much as I can, but I think, I don't know, <laughs> the chewing is, yeah. is killing me. And I think that, that definitely sounds, if that's his personality, you know, it is. It's kind of like having a kid in a class below their ability and their level. You know, there's just nothing to do, so they may get bored and kind of start a trouble in class. He is so smart that we might have to make really fun games for him as ways to find food and treats in the house. Um, so that might be something to really kind of think about what might work in your home situation where you can kind of give him some little surprises. And you got to mix it up because cats will figure it out and um, you got to keep it fresh all the time. This is a lot of work. <laughs> oh my god! That's what everybody always says with these. <laughs> but isn't it worth it? it is, they are worth it. <laughs> well, that's all we have time for today. Remember, if you need your fix, and we all need our fix sometime during the week, you can head on over to AnimalRadio.pet, or you can download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Uh, okay, so there you go. Have yourself a great week. We'll catch you next week for more Animal Radio right here. Bye-bye. See you next week. This is Animal Radio. Network. Network.